Get open up your Bibles to Romans chapter 1. The message today is titled, Ready, Aim, Fire. And we're going to look at the first 17 verses of Romans. What I'd like to do first is to read the 17 verses and then go back and pick out some things that the Lord has laid on my heart today. Verse 1 of chapter 1 of Romans. Paul, a bondservant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated to the gospel of God, which he promised before through his prophets and the Holy Scriptures concerning his son Jesus Christ our Lord, who was born of the seed of David according to the flesh, and declared to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. Through him we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations, for his name, among whom you also are the called of Jesus Christ. To all who are in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you, that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers, making requests, if by some means now at last I might find a way in the will of God to come to you. For I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift, so that you may be established. That is, that I might be encouraged, together with you, by the mutual faith, both of you and me. Now, I do not want you to be unaware, brethren, that I often planned to come to you, but was hindered until now, that I might have some fruit among you also, just as among the other Gentiles. I am a debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. So as much as is in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Let's pray. Father, I just pray today that we will have ears to hear and that you allow us to understand that we'll be able to see and perceive the things that you want us to see from your word. I pray today, Lord, that if there's any hearts here today that are dull, that you will sharpen them. If there are any ears here today that are hard of hearing, that you will open their ears and let them hear. If there's anybody here spiritually blind, Lord, that you will open their eyes so that they may see. And Lord Jesus, we just pray that you would give us an understanding and that our hearts would turn stronger and more steadfastly to you. Heal us today, Lord, through the power of your word and through your presence and by your Holy Spirit. Amen. Last time I taught, right now we're teaching through the book of Romans, or I'm teaching through the book of Romans, and we started with how Saul became Paul. And it was while he was on a road to Damascus that the Lord, the resurrected Lord, visited him, knocked him down. What road are you on today? What road am I on today? Have you been knocked down? If so, 
understand it's the Lord getting your attention. He loves you so much, He doesn't do anything because He's all-powerful. To get your focus on Him. Because He loves you so much. You're not here by coincidence. You don't turn on a radio and a song that has Christ in it. Or you don't read a book that has Jesus glorified in it. You don't go to your meetings that is around a Bible study and a teaching of Jesus by coincidence. God is doing something specifically for you. And on a day like today, we come together and we see each other. And it's an encouragement that we're here together as part of that body of Christ. Where are you on your journey? Like Paul, you're on a journey. Where will it end? Where will it bring you? Where have you come from? Well, as we jump in to Romans chapter 1, Paul, a bondservant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God. Paul, his Hebrew name was Saul, Gentile name was Paul. When you study something, when you squeeze a sponge, if you left a sponge just lying here on the podium, you wouldn't know how much water is in it until you pick it up and you squeeze it. And once you squeeze it, you find out how much water is in there. It's like that with God's Word. You can read it and move on, or you can squeeze it and see how much is in there. Saul, Hebrew name, means desire. And Paul had a lot, or Saul had a lot of desire before he became Paul. You see, your desire, if it's not the Lord's desire, will produce no fire. Until your desire is the Lord's desire, Everything will just be barren and dry. There won't be any light. It will be dark. There will be temporary moments. But when God's desire is your desire, is a fire. And that fire attracts people. That fire warms people. That fire heals people. Saul, who became Paul, found this out. Paul's name means little. You see, until we become little, God can't use us. When we become little, God can do big things through us. But if we think we're big, we don't have that godly humility, we need to be knocked down. The path that Paul took brought him to Damascus, where he met the Lord. If you're here today and you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you know when the Lord met you. You remember. You can remember the situation. You can remember the wrenching of your heart. You can remember those things that brought you to that place where you embrace Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. Maybe today, you haven't done that yet. Maybe today is the day. Maybe it'll be tomorrow. But understand, before the foundation of the world, God was ready. He aimed. 
and He fathered. The Trinity, the Godhead, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, they were ready. They put their plan into motion. They created this planet. They created a man and a woman. And now thousands of years later, we can look back on history and see God's hand throughout it. It truly is His story. What journey are you on? What path are you on? Where are you in your relationship with the Lord? Paul now writes the book of Romans. 25 years later, he's writing this to a place he has yet to visit. He's already been on three missionary journeys. Writing this during a winter time in Corinth. And he wouldn't visit Rome for two or three years after he wrote this letter. He was told that on his visit to Jerusalem, where he was planning to go, that there was persecution and possibly death awaiting him. So, guess what he did? He wrote this letter, the lengthiest of the letters to the Roman Christians. But wait. Paul didn't know these people. But yet he wrote a letter to the Christians in Rome. You see, when Jesus ascended into heaven and he said to his followers, wait and I'll send you the Helper, the Comforter, the Holy Spirit. We know it is the day of Pentecost. They were in the upper room and God came upon them through the power of His Holy Spirit. He indwelled the believers. If you are here today and you've embraced Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the same Holy Spirit that was indwelt in those followers that day of Pentecost is in you and is in me. Well, guess what? There were Jews in Jerusalem on Pentecost. And guess where one of the places they were from? Rome. They went back to Rome. They started a home group. And the home group grew. And it became a church. Just like this place. Just like this place did. You see, this is a letter to you and to me today. Paul, through the power of the Holy Spirit, wrote this book to you and to me. Because you are the Roman Christians. You're Roman all different places. Who knows where you've been, where you're going to. And he's going to take you Roman people, and you're going to be an influence on your jobs and your schools in your families, and wherever else God is going to send you. That's awesome. We see later in the book of Romans, Paul lists some of the people in Rome by name. But he was never there. How did he meet him? Twitter? <laughs> Facebook? Apple.com? No. No. 
his missionary journeys, where he went to, for the length of time he went to. I'm sure some of those people were there. Or there were acquaintances that they knew people from. I might know you and you might know Billy, but I don't know Billy, but we're an acquaintance, so you can talk about me to Billy and vice versa. Same thing happened. Same thing took place. These are real people, real problems, real situations. Bond servant of Jesus Christ. A bond servant. A slave. But not like any slave. This was a slave that was sold out, loyal, ready to die for his master. He was a slave that was set free and wanted to come back to stay under his master's care. Paul is not a slave of Jesus Christ. He's a devoted follower and slave to his master, to his Lord. How tight are your chains to Jesus? How tight are your chains? Are you bonded tight? Or is it loose? He was called to be an apostle. The Greek meaning is the word one who is sent. But for you and me today, the thing that I like to emphasize to you is the Latin meaning. Missionary, but I like this one better. Missile. Missile. You're a missile, I'm a missile. This is a missile base. We get fueled up here by the preaching of the word. And then we're sent out. We're missiles, not water pistols, missiles. Water pistol will go about three, four feet. Missile will blow out this whole place and keep on going. We don't want to be water pistols. We want to be missiles. But that missile needs to be filled to overflowing with God's Holy Spirit. Separated to the gospel of God. Bob Dylan had an album. And on that album, you got to serve somebody. It can be the devil, or it can be the Lord, but you got to serve somebody. Who are you serving? Who am I serving? Right now, I'm serving Jesus Christ. It's evident. It's evident. And I pray by the power of God's Holy Spirit, that will be true for the next 24-7, 365, through eternity. What are you separated unto? You see, Saul, before he became Paul, was separated. He was a Pharisee, which also in it has a meaning of being separate. He was separated to the law. He was a teacher of the law, a follower of the law. Oh, but I got good news. Well, God has good news. I'm just conveying His good news is this. If you're a believer in Jesus, you're not separated to the law. You're free of the law. You are now under the grace of God. It's not by your works, but it's by faith in His Son who died for you, rose for you, is coming back for you. You're separate. You're free. You're not in chains to the law. You're free in Him. The gospel is the good news. And notice, it's not the gospel of Paul or Saul. It's the gospel of God. It's His good news. It's His good story. This is not a coincidence. 
God, through the magnificence of His Holy Scriptures, has given us His total heart right here. How much are we chained to His heart? How tight are we to Him? God was ready. He aimed and He fired. He created you and me. Which He promised before through His prophets in the Holy Scriptures. You know, I was thinking that in Genesis 3, I mean, we can pick out so many, there's hundreds, but I just thought of a few. Genesis 3 talks about the seed of a woman. Well, every teenager in here up to adult knows that there's an egg for a woman and a seed for a man. But yet they talk about the seed of the woman in Genesis 3. The first glimpse we get of a virgin birth. We also have in Genesis 3 the animal skins. That animals were killed and blood was shed in order to cover Adam and Eve after they fell. A glimpse of what God was going to do through His Son and shed in His blood so that we could be covered. In Genesis 5, Pastor Mike is teaching through Genesis 5. And in Genesis 5, it's a lesson in itself of the various names of the people and if you take some of the names out, this is what it reads. Man was appointed mortal sorrow, but the blessed God shall come down teaching that his death will bring the despairing comfort. Whoa! Did you catch it? That's in Genesis 5. You've got to squeeze it to get something out of it. It's not a novel. It's our very core of our life is his word. Jesus is the word of God. He gives them himself. He gives us himself through his word. Do we connect? Do we plug in every day? Every day. Psalm 22 talks about the crucifixion of Christ. Hundreds of years before the crucifixion was ever a form of capital punishment. How about Abraham? And Isaac, the foreshadowing of a father sacrificing his son. How about Micah 5? Specifically tells where the Messiah is going to be born. In Bethlehem. How about Isaiah 9? For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and his government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Here are just some of the things that we mentioned in verse 2 about the prophets and the Holy Scriptures. There's hundreds of them, hundreds of those prophecies, hundreds of evidence that a God was going to intervene in our world. Verse 3, concerning His Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who was born of the seed of David according to the flesh. Jesus, Jehovah is salvation. Christ, the anointed one, talked about throughout the Old Testament prophets. Born of the seed of David, a royal line, a king line, a kingly line. You can follow the genealogy. You can historically trace it. 
Verse 4, and declared to be the Son of God with power, according to the Spirit of holiness, by the resurrection from the dead. Notice in verse 3 and 4, we can see the Trinity. Son, in verse 3, means there's got to be a Father. The Son is named, Jesus Christ. And then we see through the power, the Spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead, the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You see, it was through a virgin womb and a virgin tomb that we know that Jesus was no ordinary man. That he truly was God himself in the flesh. There's so much evidence. What is your verdict? What decision have you made based on the evidence that you know? How much are you squeezing the sponge? Verse 5, through him we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name. Notice it's not a coincidence that you're within the sound of God's word today. It's through him, it's through Jesus, that we get to hear still today, 2,000 years later after the cross, about him. His word is alive sharper than any two-edged sword, cutting right down deep into your very soul and heart and spirit, separating the bone and the marrow. We pray that's going on within all of our hearts right now. And it's, if you don't have the grace of God, there's no way you can be separated to the good news of God. Remember an apostle is one who's sent a missile. You can't be a missile. Unless you have God's grace calling you and separating you unto Him. It's no coincidence that you're here today being challenged. Are you called? Are you separated? Are you ready to be aimed and fired? You as an individual, are you ready to be aimed and fired? For obedience to the faith among all nations for His name. Notice it's not something we do because we have to do it. It's something we get to do in His name. Not in our name. Not in our name. This church isn't going to be named Joe DeProsimo's Chapel. That's not going to happen. It's not about any one individual, whether they be a pastor, an elder, a Sunday school teacher, an usher, it doesn't matter. It's not about us. It's all about Him. We just get to do this stuff. It's a privilege. It's an honor. It's a joy. It's a pump. It's a good time. Verse 6, among whom you are also the call of Jesus Christ. Oh, oh, that's awesome. Among whom you also are the call of Jesus Christ. How do you know if you're called? You're here. You're hearing it. You're being called. Paging you. We're paging you right now. We're calling you. 
If you're hearing this, you're called. Now, the great news is you go to free will. It's your choice. It's not being forced. You will be let out of here today. There are no chains on the doors. You're allowed to leave. Because it's not enslavement. It's sonship and it's daughtership. It's a family. How much of us over the years have become closer? You truly are brothers and sisters in the Lord. There are people here that lift each other up when they're hurting. There's sorrow here when you're sorrowing. There's laughter here when there's a time of laugh. Do you know each other? We just pass each other by every Sunday or Wednesday. Get to know each other. Say hello to somebody you don't know. You're called. Today you're called. Are you ready? Are you aiming? What are you aiming for? Want to be fired? Not from your job. But from the missile base. From the missile base. Verse 7, to all who are in Jamesburg, beloved of God, called to be saints. You can put your hometown in there. Wherever the Lord has put you to Rome, that's where you are. That's where He shot you. That's where He put you to be launched from. Called saints. Some versions have put in there to be saints. Love that story of the little Sunday school class. They asked there, uh, the question was asked, what is a saint? So some of the windows had the, uh, the murals or the design where there were this pictures of some saints. And a, a little girl raised her hand and said, oh, I know what a saint is. It's somebody who lets the light shine through them. You don't have to be dead to be a saint. You're called to be saints now. You're separated unto the gospel, the good news of Jesus, today. There's not going to be a gospel preached in eternity. We'll be living the good news in heaven. We'll be seeing Jesus every day face to face and we'll know him as he is. Today, though, we walk by faith, not by sight. We're on a journey. We're roaming around with the living Savior in us. One day we'll know, but not today. Today we walk by faith. How's your faith doing? Got God's Word today as we get into His Word. Your faith is increasing. Faith comes by hearing and hearing uh, God's Word. You're hearing God's word today. You have His promise that your faith will be stronger today than it was when you came in here. Anytime you read God's word, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Throughout Scripture, grace always comes before peace. 
They call it the Siamese twins. Grace and peace, they go together. But without the grace of God, you can't have peace of God or peace from God. And what is grace? The acronym God's Riches at Christ's Expense. What was the expense? He came to this earth. He suffered. He died. He went to an empty tomb, filled it. Three days later, he resurrected. He sent you his Holy Spirit if you're a believer. If you're not a believer here today, the good news is he's brought you here. He's led you to a place where you can hear his word. And the good news is you got free will. What are you going to do with those things that God has shown you from his word today? He's a magnificent God. He's awesome how he works. Through people, through his word, through circumstances and situations. Before we move on, do you have a peace right now in your life? Is it a peace that passes all understanding? If you can say yes to that, then understand that God's grace is upon you. He's touched your life. Are you through going through turmoil today that you don't understand what's going on? You wonder maybe, is God really around? Is he listening? Does he care? Remember, when you don't understand the things that are going on, just hold on to all those things that you do understand about him. If God was totally understandable, how small would that guy be? We serve a big God. I can't even begin to know his mind. But, oh, I know it's hard. I know what he's done individually in my life and the life of people close to me. Notice, from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We have a dad in heaven who's concerned with us all the time. Jesus is praying for you and me right now. He's praying that there's no distraction that will come in from the enemy to make us think of something else. He just wants us to soak up where that sponge is pouring into. So when we're in situations that we're squeezed, we can bless others and pour out our life on them through the circumstances, good and bad, that we go through. No coincidence, anything that comes out in our life, good or bad. God allows those things to happen, to mold us. Remember, He's the potter, we're the clay. Those things He's doing to mold us, to move us, to break us, are crucial for us. He's preparing a bride. The Bible calls us the bride of Christ. He's purifying us like gold in a fire. It takes fire to get rid of the impurities in the gold. Sometimes you and I have to go through fire. But understand, like, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you're not in the fire alone. alone. Jesus is right there with you. He's freeing you from the circumstances of yourself. He's freeing you from your own bodies that you're enchained and enslaved to. 
talking with Heather just the other night, the patterns in the Scriptures. Think of the patterns in the Scripture. Think of all the enslavement in the Scripture that God frees people from. Is it any different for you or for me today? What's holding us back? Probably just you. I tell my team, the biggest, when I coach basketball, it's not the opponents. That's the biggest obstacle. It's you. It's the individual that keeps the team from functioning as a team. There's no I in team. There's no I in the church. We're one in Christ. We're one mind with Christ. Do we have another mind? Are we double-minded? Do we sway all over the place because of double-mindedness? We need to be focused. We need to be under the head coach's command. He's got our playbook right in front of you. You have it in your hands. Do you know it? Do you know the place? Verse 8. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. Notice Paul is thanking God through Jesus. Not through anyone else. Not through any other system. Any other philosophy. It's through Jesus. And like the patterns of the scriptures show, Jesus even says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come to the Father but by me. Now he's either the greatest liar or totally lost it completely. But I think, like you, I know that He truly is God. He truly is Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior. He didn't lie. You can't go through 66 books of the Bible, written over a 1,500-year period by over 40 authors, and see one pattern, one heart, one God. It's impossible. Man cannot do that. That supernatural book that's outside of time is in your hands and my hands today. Do we squeeze it? Are you ready? Is your aim okay? You ready to be fired? You ready to be launched? Are you ready to go? And notice uh, Pastor Joe this morning opened up with a prayer for. Pastor Yusef and the other lady that he prayed for, missionaries whose life is in danger. We're hearing about their faith here, back in the States today. Just like Paul. They didn't have the mailing system and the technology that we have today. How about Jerry Lee Lynn in the Knicks? Lift that guy up in prayer. He's a born again believer, professes Jesus Christ. We already went through football season with Tim Tebow. Hey, the Lord has put on every professional, triple-A, double-A, single-A team a missile. He has sent his missiles onto every professional team in every sport. You think that's a coincidence? No. God will use you and me with the blessing of his Holy Spirit in your personality, in your talents, wherever he sends you. Wherever you are, it's not a coincidence you're in this. You know how you might feel, oh, I'm going to go to work again today. Oh, my goodness. I gotta, 
God has put you there. The biggest obstacle is you. Get out of your own way. Allow God to work in and through you. And then you'll see the power of the living God being used in you where you are. Verse 9, for God is my witness. What a great witness to have, huh? If I'm going to court, I want God as my witness. That'd be awesome. I think of Napoleon, General Patton. I think of Coach K down in Duke coaching basketball. Take any coach. Take any Army guy, Navy guy, leader, anybody. When they go somewhere to compete, to fight, guess what? They don't go by themselves. They go with an army. They go with a team. How about Paul? He was separated. And he didn't care if anybody went with him. Him and Jesus were enough. Are you ready? What are you waiting for? If you have Jesus in you, you're ready to go. Okay, Lord, send me. Where? What are we going to do? Going to hand out water bottles down in the intersection? We're going to go to the mall and do the skit? Or maybe we'll go to Monroe High School and show a movie and then give a testimony to high school kids in public school. Public school. Missiles. Where's he aiming at? Where's he going to send it? Are you filled with a fire that only comes through the power of his Holy Spirit? For God is my witness whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son. And without ceasing, I make mention of you always in my prayers. Notice his main thing is the good news, the good story of his, his son, Jesus, and what he did. Paul wraps it all up. And here we have in Romans, his letter to the Romans. Most of Paul's letters were about church situations and church problems. This letter was about God. I think he's mentioned over 153 times the word God in the book of Romans. So the center of Paul's letter was about God and the redemption to be found in Jesus. See, Paul didn't know if he was going to get there. He didn't know if his journey would get him there or he would be with Jesus in heaven before he got there. Notice he prays. One of the things I can encourage you all to do is pray for the person in front of you, next to you, behind you. Maybe you just meet somebody today and you just write that name in your Bible and just pray for that person. Was he had mentioned uh, at the Young at Heart the uh, bookmarks with the teens' names on them. So some of the uh, Young at Heart, which is a 16-over ministry here, 
have bookmarks with the first name of a high school or junior high student where they go to school, and they're just praying for those young people. Find somebody to pray for and lift them up. Verse 10, making requests that by some means now at last I might find a way in the will of God to come to you. I don't know if you know the story completely of Paul. But he did go to Jerusalem where he was threatened. But that didn't stop Paul from going there. Matter of fact, he was arrested when he was in Jerusalem. And that was really his ticket a few years later to go to Rome. I'm sure when Paul wrote this letter to the Romans, he wasn't um, thinking about going to Rome in chains. You see, God's ways aren't our ways. His thoughts aren't our thoughts. The very thing that God wants to accomplish in your life is up to Him. It's not up to you or to me. I'm sure if Paul had his choice, he'd get the best shipping vessel of the time. So they had a nice deck on it so he could sit in the sun for his aching bones that he did all his walking throughout all his three missionary journeys on. But no, he was a prisoner. Matter of fact, on this journey, went through a storm at sea, wrecked the ship, almost drowned, got bit by a snake. I'm sure there was times of hunger and sickness, aches and pains, wondering, what is God doing? But he kept the faith. And he ended up in Rome. And during that whole time, he was touching other people with the good news. People that would not have heard it unless a man was sold out and was ready to be aimed and fired. Verse 11, For I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift so that you may be established. What spiritual gifts could anyone give? What any spiritual gifts would have have any meaning unless it comes from Jesus? Of any long-lasting value? I could give you a gift, but it's going to wear out. If it's food, you're going to eat it. It's going to be gone before you get halfway home. What spiritual gifts could Paul be referring to? Well, one is faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing God's Word. He spoke the gospel of God. We can say good things up here, make you feel good and tickle your ears. But unless you're given God's Word throughout the course of the whole year teaching it, the counsel of God's Word, it's not going to last. It's like cotton candy. Once it hits your mouth, man, it's gone. So faith he gave to the people by giving God's Word. Knowledge was one of the spiritual gifts. As Proverbs talks about, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. 
And knowledge comes as we know Jesus. There's no other knowledge outside of Him. It's all world philosophy. Verse 12, that is, that I may be encouraged together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. Notice it wasn't a one-way street. I can't tell you how many times the leadership in this church has been encouraged by you. By just seeing your growth or just see, hearing words of encouragement from you. Are we any different? Are you any different from the people that are sitting in this church? No, we all need encouragement. We all need a pat on the back. We all need prayer. Paul was no different. Notice, he was encouraged. He didn't have a car. He had to walk all his places that he had to go. Or ride a, a mule or a, or a horse over different terrains that weren't paid. He had to do this. He was compelled to do it by God himself. It wasn't a burden. It was something he wanted to do. He wanted to be a missile for God. And he was based and had a firm foundation. Verse 13, Now I do not want you to be unaware, brethren, that I often planned to come to you, but was hindered until now, that I might have some fruit among you also, just as among the other Gentiles. You might have plans, and I might have plans, and they're good plans. They're plans that we believe that God put on our heart to do. And you're trying to do them, but boy, there's resistance. Where there's something that's happening and you're not getting to where you need to get to. God's timing is perfect. God's training is essential. He needs to do the work in you to prepare you for the time that He's going to put you in that place He needs you to be. But remember this. When your desire lines up with God's desire, it's fine. If it's not God's desire, it's not going to be empowered by His Holy Spirit. And it's going to be one of those little rocket ships that goes, boop, just goes up by the inch or two and then just drops. No matter how hard you pump it, it only goes up a few inches. It's not until God is the one pumping you up through His Holy Spirit by a right desire, when your desire lines up with God's desire, that you can be a missile sent, a Roman missile, to wherever He sends you. Verse 14, I am a debtor, both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. We owe a debt that we cannot pay. He paid a debt he did not owe. The debt that you and I have is our sin. Is our rebellion against God, whether it be willful, willful or not. Like me, you have broken God's command. The Bible says that if you've broken one of His commands, it's like breaking them all. You have to be perfect. 
if when you sin, the perfection is gone. It's over. Done. You don't stand a chance. Your righteousness, like mine, is filthy rags. Menstrual rags is the actual word in the Scriptures. But there's good news. Verse 15, So as much as is in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. For the Jew first, and also for the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Now, we close on this. I stand before you outside of Christ, not just. I stand before you outside of Christ, not righteous, not perfect. That's the bad news. I'm condemned. I have to face my sentence outside of Christ. Dundee. But God loved so God loved the world so much that He sent Jesus' Son into it. That whoever, whoever believes and receives Him will not perish because of that unrighteousness and not being just but will receive eternal life not by your own efforts, but by what Jesus Christ did for you and for me on the cross. He shed His blood. Now His blood, what He did on the cross, we're now covered in His robes of righteousness. His robes of righteousness. It's His righteousness, not mine or yours. We don't have any. Ours is like those filthy rags. He takes those filthy rags. We give those to Him. We repent. Lord, I'm sorry. I messed up. I give you these filthy rags. I accept what you did at the cross of Calvary. You shed your blood for me. You paid the penalty that I could not pay. You saved me from an eternity in hell that was my payment for my sin. An eternity in hell. Now understand that. I could never pay for my sins because it's an eternity I have to go to prison for. I can never get out of it. There's only one way. There's only one truth. There's only one life that I can embrace to get out of that prison of hell for eternity. And that is what Jesus did when He said, Ready, aim, fire, I'm going to earth. I'm coming down. And whosoever believes will not perish but have eternal life. Now many of you have done that out there. I know that. But, are you still in the missile base? Are you still in the foundation and you haven't been shot out yet? And then I ask you why. What are you waiting for? Time is running out. The window of the gospel in the world is getting smaller 
and smaller and smaller. They're eliminating people who are telling the truth. Doesn't that have a concern here? Isn't that something to be worried about and, and put before Christ? Jesus has chosen and called you to be his missionary missiles. To roam in the situations that you live in to make an impact. To cause an explosion. Whether it be through prayer, through inviting somebody out to church, by inviting a, a teenager friend to go to Monroe, Monroe High School on March 10th at 7 o'clock. Look for opportunities for where the Lord is working through His Holy Spirit through the people of God. And if you're here today and you've never made that decision, the question today is, are you ready? God's always ready for you. He's waiting for those prodigals to come back home. If you're here today, regardless of your age, and you want to receive Jesus into your heart, come on up. Just come on up. We'll still let you out of here. We're not going to keep you in here. There's no chance. And there'll be somebody up here that will lead you and pray with you and give you some literature. So as Paul and the worship team come up, if God is on your heart today. Use your free will and make a choice. And come on up.